Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Sullivan. This is a special edition of our show coming to you on a Saturday from beautiful Newport Beach, California and Los Angeles, California. Today's episode is being brought to you by Bruce Ford at Lodging Econometrics. And if you are looking for information to reposition your hotel, pips, ground up constructions, new markets, contact Bruce at Bruce at LodgingEconometrics.com. We've also got Arnie Garfinkel, the All-Star Group Events, sponsoring the show today. And Arnie is responsible for Susan and I getting to meet. So without any further ado, my very special guest is Susan Shelley, Vice President, Communications, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Craig. It's great to be with you. Would you do me and the audience a little bit of a favor, please, and tell them about your background and the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, please? Well, I'm just an ordinary taxpayer that got a little bit fed up with the way things were going, and I kind of got active in political affairs as a citizen and as a volunteer and eventually as a candidate, and I met the people at Howard Jarvis who are great, and that is the most influential taxpayer advocacy group in the state of California, and now today I'm very proud to be affiliated with them and advocating for the protection of taxpayers and the protection of Proposition 13, which is the most important taxpayer protection that has ever existed in the United States of America. This is really innovative. What was done in California in 1978 to protect taxpayers by initiative, because the politicians wouldn't do it, is now being threatened. And so we are all hands on deck to protect Prop 13. Absolutely. Now, we've got two propositions on the upcoming coming ballot, 15 and Prop 19. Which one do you want to start with? Well, let's start with Proposition 15. Let's just go in numerical order. Okay. Proposition 15 is a direct attack on Proposition 13. It literally repeals part of it. Proposition 13 is a limit on how much the assessed value of property can go up every year. Before Prop 13, all property in California was assessed at its market value, and then the tax rate varied from place to place, but the statewide average was 2.67%. Wow. Now, yeah, hold on to something and, and do the mental calculation. What would happen if you owed 2.67% of the market value of your property every year as a condition of keeping it. Well, a lot of people who own homes, who own business properties, would be taxed right out of them. Right. And they would wind up selling and they would have to go to another state or rent or go, be in another business. That That is just so abusive. And because property rises so sharply in California, whether it's appreciation or inflation or supply and demand, whatever it is, people can't afford what they already own if the taxes are that high. So Proposition 13 limits how much the assessed value of the property can go up to 2% a year maximum. It's right. the cost of living or 2% per year for as long as you own that property. And that is really an important protection. And it is under threat. What Proposition 15 would do is it would require the reassessment to market value of properties if they are used for commercial or industrial purposes. So in this particular measure, residential property is excluded, apartment buildings are excluded, hotels are not excluded. Good, right. so, so hotels would be reassessed to market value every three years 
and the taxes would be 1% of the current market value of that property every year as a condition of keeping it. Otherwise, if you can't pay the taxes, they'll sell it out from under you. And not immediately, but pretty quickly. Right. They've got a few years to do that. And, uh, you know, most, most hotels in the state are family, small businesses. Okay. Right. Um, now, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Now, I've been under the impression that, and and let's let's just pick on Los Angeles for a minute, okay? Oh yeah, um, You know, if the Los Angeles County Tax Assessor and the Los Angeles County Tax Collector were doing their job, this both of these measures would not be on the ballot. They're really not needed, in my opinion. Um, that you know, Prop 13 has no loopholes. Okay, when you build a hotel, you pull those permits, and you've already gotten your plans, and you've got a construction loan. That is going to trigger a reassessment at the assessor's office. A sale will also trigger a reassessment. And you will, in most cases, get a one-time supplemental tax bill, but your regular taxes for the next fiscal year will also be increased at the new rate based on your sale or instructional loan permits pulled. And any commercial property, when there's permits pulled, they're subject to tax increase based on those improvements. Right. So, and, and the way I look at the bill, I'm not seeing any transparency, any accountability, and no need for it, in my opinion. Am I off base or am I on base with that? Well, I think you're right. Uh, if you don't make any improvements to the property, then it will not be reassessed. But anything that you change, if you expand, you know, if you have a house and you build a second story, then that square footage, that additional right, that additional improvement will be reassessed to market value at the time of completion. Yeah. And then that's under Prop 13 from then on. So that part can only go up 2%. And the original part is not reassessed. So it's not as if the whole property right. has changed. If you add a new a new room or you turn the garage into an apartment, that will be reassessed. So a hotel that expands and does substantial improvements, not just maintenance, but substantial changes, those right. portions will be reassessed to market value. So what this does is it eliminates all of that and it just reassesses the entire property to market value every three years. And then there's no cap on it. No 2% cap after that. Every three years, it's subject to reassessment. And this is tremendously burdensome. Now they have put in an exclusion for properties that are valued at $3 million or less. However, there's an, there's an exception to the exclusion. If the owner owns more than one property, and together they're more than $3 million, they count you as a big business and you don't get the exclusion. Exclusion at all. Wow. You don't get it at all for anything. And if there are partners and one of them owns additional property, then you don't get the exclusion at all. So it's only for the very smallest businesses, someone who owns one property that's worth $3 million or less, they get the exclusion from this measure. That's, that's how they've written it. And the assessors have said that this is impossible to implement because they can't really find that information about how many owners there are and which owners own what, what else. And then there's 
annually an inflation factor right. where the $3 million goes up, but the inflation factor is different in all 58 counties. So it's extremely difficult. They have called it impossible to implement as written, and they have come out against it. The California Assessors Association is against Proposition 15. Yeah. And, well, you know, and I know a lot, a lot of bigger corporations have got, you know, they're they're not in favor of it either. I look at, and I, I can't name them. I wish I could, but I can't. But again, getting back to assessors and collectors doing their job, if they were, you know, had their eye on, on, on the ball and they were, you know, looking at the transfers and, you know, sending out the supplemental bills, increasing the taxes where they need to be, like, this would all be a muted point. Now, I was just informed yesterday, and I'm, I'm believing that this is accurate, that the uh, County of San Francisco has not processed any type of tax increases to the tax roll for 24 months now, based on really? sales and construction loans. Really? Why is that? I don't know, but I think that's where I would start looking if I was in that county instead of, you know, uh, you know this ballot measure. Well, um, that's very, that's kind of suspicious. That almost sounds like the type of corruption that we used to have in the assessor's office where certain people just make campaign donations or whatever and they're just overlooked. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and obviously L.A. County way back in the day did, did have some issues with that. Uh, growing up in LA, I, I remember. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just find this really fascinating, and it's and it's a horrible burden on not only the hoteliers but the commercial real estate holders. I mean, yeah. if you've got a small, you know, uh, select service hotel, you know, 60, 80 keys, depending on where you're at, you know, you're going to be over that three million dollars. Um, you know, I mean, if you're you're in Laguna Beach and you got 60 keys, it's well over three million dollars. You know, yes. you're you're down on the gas lamp in San Diego, the same thing. Off of Union Square in San Francisco, the same thing. Um, and I, I mean, this is just I mean, this is on top of a global pandemic and a financial meltdown because of a health issue. Now they're going to have the largest tax increase in the history of the state of California if this gets passed. Am I correct? It's insane. In you are correct. And it is insanity, insanity to do this, yeah. particularly to the hotel industry, to the entire hospitality and tourism industry in California, which has been decimated yeah. by these stay at home orders. And, you know, Anaheim is very upset that Disneyland can't open yet. Right. And it gives you it gives you a, a, a window to explain to people that when you hurt businesses, public revenue goes down. Yeah. So when you allow businesses to grow, when you don't hurt businesses and you let them live, revenue goes up with economic growth. So people really need to understand on the liberal side of this argument that this is, we're all in agreement that we want the government to be adequately funded. And the question is, how do you get to that level? Do you get to that level by raising taxes or do you get to that level by reducing taxes and reducing regulatory burdens. And we've seen in the pandemic that when you increase the burdens on businesses and you hurt them and they're shutting down, 
revenue craters to right. the state budget. Absolutely. And the reverse, the reverse will be true as well. So we should be looking at ways in California to help businesses succeed, to get out of their way, to let them run their businesses successfully. Now, I'm not talking about subsidies. I'm just talking about getting out of the way right. and letting businesses operate. That's what we need to do in California. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that completely. It's, um, you know, the, the this is a burden that, you know, is going to be one of those things that makes or breaks a entrepreneur, hotelier, or some other type of commercial real estate holder's back. Um, exactly. Th- this this is, is not in anybody's interest. And who are the parties behind this that are that are pushing to have this proposition on on the ballot and that are in favor of it? Well, this is mostly coming to us from the public employee unions, the people who sit across the table from politicians and negotiate the wages, benefits, and pensions for everyone who works for a government entity. They would like more money coming in so they can sit across the table and say, we want raises. They don't like to sit across the table and hear there's no money. So they are always in favor of tax increases. They're in favor of tax increases at the local level. The school districts want tax increases because the teachers want more, more benefits, better salaries. And there are not just the teachers involved in those unions. There's also all the school employees, which includes janitors and drivers and food service workers and gardeners and everybody who works for the school district, other than the teachers, they each have a union too, including the administrators. Administrators. And they all negotiate their collective bargaining agreements. And they want to sit across the table and say, look at all this money that's coming in. You can't say no to us. We elected you. And that's the dynamic that we're dealing with here. Let me ask you a question. Wasn't the lottery supposed to take care of a lot of the public school needs? This is one of the great arguments in California politics. It was always kind of a sugar-coated veneer to get people to approve the lottery. So there's a little bit of money that goes from the lottery to the school districts. A little bit. But it certainly does not fund the schools. And, And I don't think anybody who ever proposed it really believed that it would. But the public believed it because that's what they were told. Right. Yeah, and, and, and I, I remember that. You know, it, it you know, you know. Once again, I, I the misleading uh, truths, sort of speak, that came out about you know, I the the maintenance and management fees that are being collected on the lottery are, are just astronomical. Yes. Um, you know, the unions are, and I think our teachers should be paid well, and and I don't know if they are or they aren't. But I think you look at various school districts, and I'm not going to name any, but I think if you look at them and you look at how much goes into the administration side of things, how much goes into the real estate and the maintenance of those pieces of property, and if you look and see where money's going for supplies, uh, along with teacher salaries, I, I, you know, I think right now, Whenever we get to whatever our new normal is, I, I'm i really scared to death that we're going to have a national sales tax. Somehow this bill's got to be paid. Um, there's going to be something, whether it's another you know, quarter on top of what we're already paying for fuel in the state of California. And if I hear summer blend one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, 50, 55 cents out of every dollar spent on gasoline goes goes to the state highways. Um, you know, and, and it's just gotten ridiculous. But they've got to do something to come up with all this lost revenue. Right. I get and, it. But this is not the answer. This, this is, is a permanent problem that is going to cripple middle America and small business owners. It absolutely will. And it's important to remember for all the other businesses that rent their spaces, all those little tiny businesses in strip malls and shopping malls. It's a pass-through. They, yeah. It's a pass-through. In, in a triple net lease, the tenant pays the maintenance, insurance, and property taxes. Yep. So there's no break at all for oh. small businesses that rent their space. And businesses in California are already, already strained to stick to keep the doors open we have the highest utility costs right. we have the highest corporate tax we have the highest income tax for people who pay on the individual rates for a small business That's unbelievable a we've surpassed new york we are number yes. one Wow. Yes. I mean, that's not and a title that, that I want, but <laughs> we, we are number one in everything except property taxes. And so that's why Proposition 13 yeah. is under attack, because that's the only thing that prevents property taxes from going up in California. And that's why it's a target. And that's why it's so important for us to protect it, because one more thing is going to crater the economy of this state. Yeah. This will affect the consumer prices of everything you buy. It will raise the cost of living in California. Yeah. How could it not? Yeah. Everything you buy, and, and then it's going to hurt job creation because businesses will not expand in California, right. and they will not open in California. They will not move to California, and if they're already here, they'll leave Right. And because this is one more thing. Right, and I understand that Facebook's building a new campus in Tennessee. They're spending they already... almost a billion dollars on that. And I believe they already already built one in New York City. Yeah. And so did Google, a billion dollars each. They could turn the lights off so fast. Of course, now in California, the lights turn themselves off, so you don't even have to. <laughs> and just go. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, this is fascinating, but we're we're down to like less than nine minutes left. Let's talk about Proposition 19 a little bit. Um, okay. Do me a favor and tell the audience what Proposition 19 is. Okay. Proposition 19 is an attempt to reverse the will of the voters. It's it's very deceptive. You may remember that two years ago, there was Proposition 5 on the November ballot in yeah. 2018. And Proposition 5 would have allowed portability of residential real estate assessments. So if you had a home, if you were over 50, if you were over 55, Currently, under current law, you can move once and take your property tax bill with right. you to a home that's the same or equal, the same or lesser value, value. and either in the, in the county where you, where you live or one of the counties that accepts it, and there are about 10, right. you could, you could, that, that's current law. You, you have that portability so that you can downsize without getting a new property tax bill. There was a proposal on the ballot two years ago to expand that so that you could go anywhere in the state, any value home as often as you wanted. And the voters turned it down. It, it was defeated 60 to 40. So the Realtors Association brought it back. This was their proposal, their initiative. They brought it back with a giant tax increase attached to it. So it's still the same proposal, except now I think it's a limit of three times that you can do it, not unlimited. Plus an enormous tax increase on parent-child transfers of property. Under current law, 
property transferred between parents and children, a home of any value plus $1 million up to $1 million of assessed value of other property can be transferred between parents and children without reassessment. So the property tax bill stays the, the same. same. Yeah. This was the same. This was Proposition 58 in 1986. It passed with nearly 76% of the vote. And it was put on the ballot by the legislature by a unanimous vote. vote. So there yeah. was a complete consensus, a complete consensus in California in 1986 that property transferred between parents and children should not be reassessed and the taxes should not go up. So what does Proposition 19 do? It repeals that. It repeals Proposition 58. It's gone. gone. Yeah. So a family that owns a hotel that wants to transfer it between parents and children or where it's inherited by the children, it will lose that $1 million exemption from increased taxation and it will be reassessed to market value. And then the, the children will owe 1% of the market value every year as a condition of keeping that hotel. And this is so deceptive. They have put a veneer on top of it that says, well, we're going to give some of the money to the fire districts. You mentioned the lottery before. This is very similar. People will end up selling their property because they can't afford the new tax bill when it's when they inherit it. Right. They'll end up selling it. They'll think that the money's going to the fire district. And it's the not. fire district, they'll get pennies. Yeah. No, no one even knows really how much money it will generate. It's, it all depends on how much the counties end up losing when people transfer their old property tax to a new home. And I see nobody a, really knows. And I see a huge administration fee in there. So yeah, enormous. Uh, yeah, enormous. Okay, yeah. That, that I, you know, my 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 worst fears have just been realized. Yeah. Uh, Sorry I, I, about that. You know, but the, the thing that truly scares me is mm -hmm. that this opens the door a crack, whether one or both of these uh, propositions get passed, to eventually start tearing down all the benefits of Proposition 13. And then what right. kind of mess are we in as a state? You know, uh, I, I, everybody's got to be held accountable. I don't care if it's you know, uh, the school districts, I don't care if it's commercial real estate, I don't care if it's, you know, residential subdivisions. I, we all need to take responsibility and accountability for all of this. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I, I encourage everybody to please, you know, do your research, you know, contact the great team over at Jarvis and you know decide how you're going to vote i'm not going to influence you on that i just want to influence you on doing your research and doing what's right um there are you know i i am a big proponent of, of prop 13. i've worked in real estate in all phases uh throughout my entire career nearly 27 years ago 28 years ago i switched over to, to purely hospitality uh, but these propositions in my opinion my experience are dangerous and if somebody from the uh yes on wants to contact me and be on the show i'd be more than glad to give you equal time but I think everybody needs to do their, their own homework and due diligence. Susan, we are almost out of time. I would 
really love it if everybody can get a hold of you. So how about a shameless plug and how can people get a hold of you? I'm happy to do a shameless plug. (laughs) Everyone should join the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. It's a member-supported organization. It gets no government money at all, unless it's some sort of a settlement where a judge says that someone was doing something illegal against taxpayers, and then we'll get attorney fees from the government. But other than that... We are totally member-supported, and it's only $15 a year. So go to www.hjta.org, hjta.org, and read up on what's on the ballot. Read up on everything that the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association does to protect taxpayers, and join us. Sign up for the email alerts. Be an informed voter. And know when you're supposed to call your lawmakers about laws that they're considering that could really hurt you. We will let you know what's coming up and what you can do about it. Susan, thank you very much. And if you need any introductions to any of our trade associations, uh, CLIA, uh, CHLA, AHOA, let me know. I'll be more than glad to get you in front of them. I've already got you talking to uh, the current chairman of, of CHLA. And, you know, hopefully you'll be talking to the fine people at at least Crew Orange County, which I am a member of as well. Um, so thank you very much for giving up a small part of your Saturday, but it means the world to me. And I know it's going to mean the world to our listeners. And you are welcome back on the show and to rejoin the conversation whenever you can just give me a call and we'll get you booked okay thank you craig it's been delightful talking with you thank you and if you want to be on the click podcast send me a direct message or you can email me at info at cliconference.com and don't forget click five will be on march 4th 2021 at the new crown jewel of the Anaheim Resort area, the JW Marriott. Until the next episode, aloha.